Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hey, hey. We're back on a Saturday. Barely. It's a wild night at the Fat Cats Comedy Club for your radio buddy. Got three more shows to go tonight. Wish me luck. Uh, one way or the other, we do have to hand out a game ball, and uh, we would not be doing this segment justice if we didn't give it to Kaylee McEnany, who joined us in studio on Thursday. We had a grown-up talk about the new White House press secretary, the baby formula shortage, the weird decor in my studio. We actually made her sit through a couple of our bits that we play on the air. She was a great sport, uh, but I'm really giving it to her not only for the great conversation you're about to listen to, but the great conversation I had with her off the air about how we're just both so grateful for how our careers are going and all the cool stuff we get to do and how the thing we like about it the most is that we don't feel like it's changed us. So listen to this interview, and if it has changed us. If me and Kaylee sound nuts or we sound like it's gone to our head, please call into the show on Monday and stage an intervention because we really don't want to be those people. But one way or the other, here goes your game ball and here I go back to the comedy club. We were playing these clips earlier where the president was saying, you know, he wasn't briefed on the baby formula thing until well into it. Is there any world where a President Trump, I mean, honestly, any president, but let's specifically say President Trump because you serve the country to President Trump. Is there any world where a crisis of this magnitude would be going on within the administration and him not be told about it? No. And it raises so many questions. So the whistleblower came out last fall, Mm -hmm. right? Last fall. (laughs) You have the plant closure or at Mm -hmm. least pausing production in February. Mm -hmm. uh, And he learned about it in April. Okay. Why is the question? Why did he learn about it in April? And and President Trump's White House, he knew about what was going on. But did are they just so incompetent that no one thought it was that big of a problem? That's question number one. You know, uh-huh. Jen Psaki said that they've been working on it for months. So, you know, thou doth protest too much. Mm-hmm. Or do they just not think the president's relevant? One of his economic advisors, yeah. Brian Deese, was asked by Jake Tapper, why didn't you tell the president? He said, well, we told the relevant people. Okay. Wow. Yes, and I'm paraphrasing. Think <laughs> about that, though. The yes. guy's supposed to be the leader of the free world, and he's on, like, the timeout step. You know when, like, you're moving and you have kids that are just in the way, so you give them pretend jobs? I'd be like, Lincoln, can you go get the monsters out of the washing machine? And he's like, there's (laughs) monsters? And he runs away? That's our president. They're like, we we got a baby formula crisis. Joe, can you go get the monsters out of the washing machine? That is a great analogy. I just am now learning about the fake task because my daughter's two and a half now, so I can Uh rationalize with her. So I'm like, go ask daddy. Go do this. It's it's funny because, like, looking back, I realized I was getting assigned those tasks. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, Jimmy, you watch DT. I heard there's an alien in the backyard, and I'm like, I am so on it. And that's <laughs> Biden. He's walking around the White House yard looking for E.T. right now. That's right. It, it's not good, and I don't doubt it. It would just be one more alien entering the country under Biden. hey <laughs> Sorry. Kaylee McEnany. That was low, a, Jimmy. It, well, that was well, low. On this show? Yeah. That was actually pretty high. Uh, Kaylee McEnany is in studio against her better judgment. We're having a grown-up talk. Uh, this is her first time in the studio since the toys crash landed on the desks. Um, now, these toys are from my childhood, okay? I am 44 years old, so I'm older than you. 
Do any of these, do you recognize any of these toys or are they beyond you? Is there anybody in your orbit that has so, like a Star Wars or anything like that? I walked in. I have not been in here, as you noted, since you started the show. And I thought to myself, am I in a museum? <laughs> and, no, because I was born in 1988. Oh, wow. So I'm a youngin. Yeah, yeah. Um, do any of them look familiar? I, I mean, the football helmet. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but other that, than that, that's wow. Well, that's He-Man. I didn't mean is, to age you. No, no, that's fine. I don't care. I gave you my age. It's cool. It actually does. It looks. It kind of looks like the inside of a van that promised you candy, you know, to like court you in. But it's it's just the vibe of the studio. <laughs> but that is like the Star Wars Millennium Falcon. That is a GI Joe. Um, those are some wrestlers. That's He Man. We keep having this debate about He Man. That's a prescription drug called Bidenica. <laughs> it's a sleep aid made out of Joe Biden press conferences. If you would I listen to it, I'll make Josh cue it up. Josh, do you want to play her by Denica? Tell me we can't get rich off of this. Let's play it for Kaylee. When you're ready, Josh, just give us the heads up. Tell me we won't make money on Shark Tank if we sell this. It's coming. If you're having trouble sleeping, ask your doctor about Bidenica, the sleep aid made from 100% Joe Biden press conference. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. Bidenica has a patented blend of confusion and forgetfulness that will calm the most overactive brains. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, it's taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. When they sold out American jobs and killed the Keystone Pipeline, it kept me up all night worrying about how we pay our bills. But then I got Bidenica and I've never slept better. Sometimes when I get hopped up on sugar, my parents give me Bidenica so I pass out. Other times they give it to me during the day, probably so they can do the deed. Gross. Warning, people who have used Bidenica have experienced rapid lying and an inability to secure the southern border. Others have hallucinated and fought breakfast cereals. Corn pop was a bad dude. <laughs> Ask your doctor if Bidenica is right for you. So tell me, Kaylee McEnany, if we went on Shark Tank, could we not sell Bidenica? I think you could. Because you can't stay awake watching one of these. He doesn't do a lot of them anymore. I, you saw that poll where, like, the number one issue is poor leadership. I think you got something there. <laughs> one of the sharks is on board. Hold <laughs> on a second. We're making money on this show. Nobody listens. We got one shark. We only need, what, one more to go and we make the money? I think that's right. I'll find you one. Emily oh. Campagna is down the hall. Oh, she's always up. on board. But by yes. now, outnumbers over. She's half in the bag. She just goes along with anything we say. I kid. <laughs> Kaylee McEnany is in studio. Well, another thing I wanted to get your take on is we do have a new White House press secretary who succeeded Jen Psaki, who it's she's doing this weird thing where she's not answering a lot of questions like she might think she is. But this is what I wanted to ask. Are you starting to see it's not the same hostility you faced? It's just not. We all know that. I don't want to belabor the point, but they are at least demonstrating some intellectual curiosity now beyond just Peter Ducey and Jackie Heinrich. There's a, other rumbles now. Is there a moment where the media might actually subject them to the type of incoming fire you faced? No, there's not. And I'll give you a great example of why. Mm -hmm. uh, Jen Psaki, I believe, was her last press conference. Mm -hmm. There was a reporter, I forget which outlet, but he started shouting over her as she yeah. spoke. And the White House Correspondents Association, like the good old boys club, they all band together and they think they're so cool. They run to the press secretary's office, like demanding things. And, you know, there are the warriors. Well, they came out, they put out a statement uh, that it was unacceptable that she was interrupted. And should this occur, they would, I, I forget the penalty, like exile him from WACA. Okay, where?
where were you my entire tenure <laughs> when I was being yelled at by all of you issuing the statement as I was speaking? <laughs> you were legitimately as a White House press secretary, like the visiting team at a Philadelphia Phillies game. Whether it be like willing to throw beer at you, punch the mascot, anything. But yet yes. you're right. They're, they were so protected. And there is this crazy double standard. But like what I'm trying to wonder is there comes a point for the press, right? where it actually doesn't benefit them to be shilling for a president that's so historically unpopular. So I'm trying to figure out, is there a day where they try to start at least distancing themselves from him? Maybe not, again, as hostile as what you faced from the Philly faithful that were punching police horses and stuff, but but is there a, a world where they at least try to start separating themselves from the administration just so they can endorse whoever comes next with any credibility? Yes, and you're starting to see that. You yeah. know, Jake Tapper asked some tough questions of that economic advisor I noted to you. You're starting to see stories with leaks. Yeah, you know, yeah. the Trump administration had leaks all day, every mm -hmm. day. It was terrible in that regard, the leaking at least. But you're finally starting to see the articles, like the NBC article that came out, two dozen current and former administration officials speak on a condition of anonymity. Uh, the leaking means that people are trying to jump ship and the media is noticing it, but still covering even in the NBC article, they're yeah. saying, oh, you know, he's been faced with historic challenges. They found a historian. What's mm -hmm. next, Locust? I'm thinking to myself, the last president... Pretty sure he had some historic challenges. I don't know, a once-in-a-generation pandemic? <laughs> and, and and what's so fascinating about that, too, is like the last president's the reason we have a vaccine. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you this. If Donald Trump's the president right now, I'm willing to bet like most of the Democrats in this country aren't vaccinated mm -hmm. because they had so, uh, you know— trash this vaccine. They were treating it like he was making it with Barron for the school science fair. They're like, oh, he's making it himself. This is garbage. I mean, Biden and Kamala spent the whole campaign saying this isn't going to go through the right process and, you know, not, not the right scrutiny. So could you see a world where if this is a second Trump term, we have a unvaccinated population that leans to the left? Absolutely. If he was president now, um, mm -hmm. you you note yeah. Kamala, Joe, they mm -hmm. all had vaccine hesitancy, which now That's is crazy. the greatest scourge you could ever have in society is be <laughs> someone who questions the vaccine. Look, I'm vaccinated, but everyone has their personal choice. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. If President Trump were president, you'd be questioning, despite the fact that it is the CDC, you know, yeah. a separate entity that greenlights all this. And uh -huh. it just goes to show the politics of it all. It's so true. We're talking to the great Kaylee McEnany in studio. It's one of the things that fascinates me, though, is even in that NBC article you referenced, they threw in that caveat of like Donald Trump was considered by historians <laughs> one of the worst presidents in history. Like they had to get a dig in there so their readers knew they hadn't completely abandoned the mission. But I don't think you could make any comparison between Donald Trump and Joe Biden in terms of what's going on in this country. Like, we didn't have a 40-year high in inflation. We could afford gas. The border wasn't wide open. You know, we had baby formula on the shelves. Like, there's no world where Joe Biden is substantively in the same conversation with Donald Trump. But I, the rest of the world knows that if you look at the poll numbers. But do they not know it, or are they just trying to, like, keep a straight face, hoping they'll turn it around? Like, how do you say that with a straight face, I guess, is my question. Well, because to them, the tweets were everything. You know, it's President so Trump, when he tweeted yeah, yeah. personal things, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that was everything to them. Uh -huh. That that made him the worst president, they said. Never mind there were not Donald Trump's silhouettes 
stickers on gas pumps pointing <laughs> to the gas prices. Um, I had a baby at the time. Uh-huh. I gave birth to that baby on the Trump campaign. And guess what? You know, I don't breastfeed, so I could go buy formula. <laughs> I mean, that was the day and age of Trump where uh-huh. the economy was roaring. Wages were going up, outpacing. There wasn't inflation to yeah. outpace. They were actually just rising. Yeah. Undeniably, our country was better off. There's, But but leave it to the media. It's all the tweets, the mean man tweeting. My gosh, I'd take some mean tweets. Give me a whole <laughs> slew of them right now. Well, you're in luck because yeah. if uh, you don't block me, I'm kidding. If you unblock my account, they're coming your way. I kid. We're talking to Kaylee. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's. I think it's so true. And I think what's so fascinating about the moment we're living in now is I actually think it's sadly, but things have gotten bad enough in the country that people are looking beyond political grievance. Like the luxury we had under Trump is you actually could root for your party harder than your country because things were tangibly okay. We could afford goods. We had goods. Okay, we could afford gas. You know, we had gas. We're energy independent. Now that things have gotten bad enough for enough people, like you are starting to see independents, I mean, have turned on Biden in a stunning fashion because they're living in a reality that's so different than the one that, you know, that he is ultimately selling them. And that's why I think in a roundabout way, like Trump leaving Twitter was really, don't you think, like the worst thing for Biden? Because we got into substance and the substance is bad. Yeah, and he lost a foil. Biden yeah. needed a foil. He was a man in a basement who you could make whatever you wanted. You could make him Mr. Rogers. You could make him Johnny Depp if you want. You could make him whatever your heart desired. He just was not Trump. Fill in the blank. Make him whoever you want. And then he gets to office, and I think what's so frustrating is he acts as if everything has just happened to him. Yeah. Well, COVID did happen to the country. That is mm-hmm. one thing that legitimately happened. No yeah. one caused it. Uh, it happened to the country. But you can't sit there if you're Biden. And in this NBC article, he talks about Obama. He used to go to Obama and say, man, I hate all these things have landed on you one after the other, landed on your shoulders. And then I came in, and it was way worse. Acting like these things just happened to you yeah. is not helping anyone. That's so true. Um, and then making uh, make it seem go on his chief of staff's Twitter feed a few uh, like a month ago. There were like 18 tweets in one day about how great the economy was, and I'm like, <laughs> no one feels that way. Biden's <laughs> op-ed in the Wall Street Journal this week talking about a third of it, how great the economy is. No one feels this way, <laughs> and it didn't happen to you. You made it happen. Yeah, it's so true. If Biden was the captain of the Titanic, and he kind of is. But if yes. he was, the, they would blame the iceberg on climate change. There you go. And then they'd try selling you another cruise while you were rowing away in a lifeboat. Wasn't this fun? Yeah. Like, no, no, it wasn't fun. It's actually very cold. Some of us didn't get a boat. But he's like, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Okay, but we're talking about sh- sinking ships because I do have to talk Amber Heard with you for a second. Okay, Jillian Turner and I got into this on the Faulkner Focus before you guys probably covered it much better on Outnumbered. But stick with me. <laughs> This, there are people arguing that you know the Amber Heard verdict is ultimately going to discourage people from coming forward, but I don't actually think that's true. I think it's going to discourage people who are lying from coming forward because the message sent from that jury was not, we don't want to hear from women. It was, we clearly don't think she's telling the truth based on the amount of the punitive damage they levied because they don't normally do that. So to go as far as they did means they thought she went as far as we think she did. Um, So do you think this is actually bad for women going forward, or do you think it's actually a win for, like, due process? Where do you put this? I think it's a loss for everyone. Um, First of all— Just meaning the trial itself? (laughs) I am not a fan of the trial. I'm not a fan of Johnny Depp. I'm not a fan of Amber Heard. And it's funny, everyone trying to put these people, to Charlie Hurt's point earlier, in boxes. Like, Amber Heard's not the head of the Me Too movement, nor should she— ever be given that she put out this op-ed not noting the fact that she's on audio saying that she's hitting 
Johnny Depp yeah. or punching him, whatever you want to characterize that is. And Johnny Depp, people are putting him on the pedestal as like the picture of due process and the good guy who's vindicated. <laughs> no, if you want that, go for Brett Kavanaugh. But <laughs> like true. Johnny Depp, he ain't it. And yeah. neither is Amber Heard. I'm just all of them. Like I thought the last time I was going to have to talk about this was outnumbered. But oh. now I'm with you. And then I looked at the Gutfeld rundown. and <laughs> Maybe it's the last day. <laughs> the grand finale, the going yes. out of business sale. You know, they always have those in Times Square. Yeah. Maybe we'll finally have one story go out of business. Yes. Okay, that's going to do it for the game ball. I'm off to the comedy club. Be sure to be back here live on Monday. Bill Hammer, co-host of America's Newsroom, is coming by for a big State of the Union. You're also going to hear from Kat Kamek from Florida, and we'll detail all of the exploits at the bars up in Utica. Going to be a wild one. Don't miss it. We'll see you there. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.